You're listening to Bro Down Podcast all fucking day. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bro Down Podcast. I'm Andy Smith. And I'm Tim Fulton. And this is Fight Fan Weekly. Boom. Boom. All week. All week. For the next 20 minutes. Uh, let's get right into it. What do we got? First thing up, we're going to be talking about Conor vs. Silva Part 2. Okay, so this was interesting where... This whole thing happened because Conor McGregor made a pound-for-pound list, and he put Anderson Silva at number one. Some things were said, blah, blah, blah. Silva calls Conor out. Says, I'll come down to 176 or 7 because he was a middleweight, fought as high as 205. So he's like, I'm coming down to fight the lighter guy because it's kind of fucking bullyish of me to ask him to come up here. Yeah. So Silva just sent a video to Chael Sonnen of him looking super slim. Really? Like he's cutting weight already. What? And basically like, hey, like, what's up? Trying to get like some traction for this fight. So now it's getting interesting because cutting weight is, you know, as a wrestler sucks. No one does it for fun. No one does it for fun. Nobody. Well, I don't, I don't know. It's not even announced that it's going to happen. Getting the butterflies. Okay. I hope I don't get too excited for this to just not happen. But I don't even know if I want it to happen. Well, But I, I want it to happen. Okay. Do you want it to happen? Oh, no, I want this to happen. Okay. Epically bad. I don't know if it's going to happen, though, dude. Because Dana White recently came out saying what he thinks McGregor's best professional line is. And it's to have Khabib face up the the – Fuck's his name. Justin Gagey. Thank you very much. Have Khabib face Gagey and then Connor take winner. He said that verbatim. Did- yeah. When has Connor ever done that's, anything? That's a good point. Connor knows what's best for him business wise. He's proven that time and time again because he's the most successful UFC fighter of all time, yeah. money wise. Yeah. So, as much as I would normally agree with Dana White. If Connor thinks that this is going to be the biggest fight, I think he could sell the shit out of it. Oh, yeah. Because you have arguably the greatest of all time. He would sell out those pay-per-views, and you can't even sell out something that's digital, but he would find a way. Yeah. Could you imagine that fight? Dude, think about this way, dude. Connor can't look like the coward here. No. He won the title at 145. He's going to fight a guy who held the title for long time at 185 and fought as high as 205 the best in the world and he's going to fight him at 176 so that's like connor fighting a little at the heaviest he's ever fought at yeah and he's fighting a guy that has fought two weight classes above the heaviest he's ever fought at there's almost no way unless he gets completely blown out of the water which even I don't if think that there's no way for him to look bad if he goes no. into that fight no way and it would be such a fucking epic. cash grab epic because epic at this point, Connor has lost to Nate Diaz. He's lost to Khabib. Yeah. So, I don't. The Khabib fight is a tough fight for him, matchup wise. It's it's scary for Khabib, but not as bad as the other way around because of the styles, right? He can Connor show he can stave off Khabib for a little bit, but eventually he's going to get a hold of. You, he's going to bring you down. So, I think Connor is in the business of prize fighting. And they're fighting for a prize, trying to get the most money in the shortest amount of time. 
And I think that's what he wants to do. He's already going down as the first guy to ever win two belts. Yep. He's yep. going down as a lot of things. A lot of a lot of records were broken with gates and money yeah. and yeah. pay-per-views and all this stuff. So he's already set legacy-wise as far as he's going to get talked about for, for a, some time. a long time. <clears throat> right? Now, there is things he can do to bolster that up. But one of the things that he can do is shit like this. You go up to a guy that's four weight classes, four, four weight classes heavier than what you came in the UFC as, and is the best to ever do it at that weight. I'm fucking sold. Take my money, dude. You're getting Take me all. Money. Take my money. I'm getting fucking amped up. All right. I, you can't drag me down this road and make me disappointed in the long run. Next. Next up, we're going to be talking about Jones vacates his title. So Jones said he vacated the title. This is a weird one. Yeah. Jones wants more money. Dana White says, you got a contract. That's what your contract says. Um, so he says he vacates the title. I don't know what is, do- what is going on here. Because you can't just say that. Well, at that point, just retire. Yeah. Because if you vacate the title, but your goal is that you want more money, you just gave up your pay-per-view. I was about to say, you're basically shooting yourself in the foot. He probably has a stipulation where he has pay-per-view anyway because he's such a big star. But there's a lot of power that comes with that belt. right? There's a lot of extra accoutrement yeah. that comes with that belt. So, Including other top-tier guys. Yeah, I don't know if he's just trying to prove a point to say, like, I will walk away. So you better not fucking pay me more money. Like, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, I, I go back to my theory. I don't think he's doing anything with any, like, long-term intent. I think he's shooting from the hip, and it's all, like, emotional knee-jerks. Yeah, like, it's you weird. Yeah, you won't pay me more? Then I'm not your champion. Yeah. Kind of, like, almost, not petty, but, like, almost out of spite kind of shit. And people do things that are, uh, you know, strategic to get more money. and yeah. It's a negotiation. Yeah. That's what you got to do. But this just seems like... Oh, that sounds like a good idea. Let me think about it for zero seconds and just do it. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong. He could come out of this making more money than we ever thought he would. And we're looking like the jerk offs. But it doesn't look like that right now. No. no. Okay. I would be happy if that's what, what the case was. Yeah. If he came back fucking on top, that'd yes. be awesome. Exactly. Um, not rooting against him. Just doesn't seem like the correct. Doesn't seem like it. Yeah. No. Any other thoughts on that one? Nah. Okay. Next, we have Fight Island location has finally been revealed. I purposely didn't read this, so you could tell me what it's about. Lay it on me, Tim. So I want to bring it up real quick just in case I screw things up. So it has been announced that the island is going to be off of Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi is... Of course. Those crazy fuckers will do anything. They build islands out of nothing. They're just like, hey, we're going to make an island looks like a palm tree. Basically. Like, throw money at it. Basically. How much? Money. Money. Just costs money. So there's not a ton of other news that goes along with it. Abu Dhabi is the capital of the United Arab Emirates. Um, Other than that, there's no real news. UFC hasn't confirmed it. Is is there a picture of the island? No. That's not a picture? There is a picture of an island, but that's just an island. It's not actually Fight Island. There There is no other news. It is not confirmed by the UFC. This is just highly believed. Oh. But they're saying it comes from reliable sources, and That's the what first everyone fight. Wants you to believe what they say says. I mean, they have us talking about it. That's true. The they f- do. You it, win. We're going to find something out about it sooner rather than later because the first fight is supposed to be on July 11th, and Dana White point blank said, "Right now, we are using all USA fighters because they have no choice. 
and he's basically saying if we keep doing this we're gonna run out of fighters because doing what hmm? if you keep doing what just having american fighters oh yes yeah because there are so obviously so many fighters come from foreign countries um unless you are from another country then come from your country um that was really ill worded um (laughs) i didn't even hear what you said and i know it didn't sound right no it didn't sound right um but they're gonna run out of american fighters is the short answer especially the top tier guys so they need to get foreign people back into the mix and the only way to do it is to have fight island somewhere that agrees yeah so it looks like fight island is a go as of now in abu dhabi get fucking pumped dude we still um, don't know what it looks like still know nothing about it i'm interested like Somebody, uh, Chael Sonnen brought up an interesting fact, and it's exactly what I was thinking, and it's it's true. When you think of Fight Island originally, what did you th- what did you envision? Jurassic Park, but fighters. Exactly. I he still a, think that. He made a good point when he was talking about it. He said it could be Hawaii. It could be an already established island. Yeah. They can just call it Fight Island. Yeah. But now that I'm hearing it's in Abu Dhabi, if that's true it's going to be a fight island. Like, they will just dump money into it. Like, those guys over there are so crazy that if they if they find, like, a billionaire guy, he'll be like, oh, will you have it here? Can I meet John Jones? Like, then, yes, I'll build you an island for the fighting. Yeah. Oh, how much does it cost? Doesn't matter. Just Doesn't build ma- I'll build you two of them. Just build you it. can pick which one you like better. I'll build so, both. So this makes a, a good, an interesting question. Las Vegas is home to UFC, right? It's the Mecca, yeah. It's the Mecca. So right now, I would say at least domestically, if the majority of the card is American, I would say that's probably still going to be the case. But do you think that this is going to replace the majority of other foreign travel? And is that what do you mean? So they travel all around. They go to Brazil. They go to South Korea. They go all over, all over the place. Why do that if everyone can just come to Fight Island? Everyone has to. Almost everyone would have to travel anyway. No one would any longer have home field advantage it makes sense to do that during the quarantine it doesn't make sense to do that when there's no quarantine because then you lose out on the live gates from people buying tickets to big arenas that's a good point that's but the don't only forget reason about the cost it. that goes into fight island if you spend a trillion dollars building a facility you have to use it that's true but you got to think about the cost of you losing money from people not buying the gates like they'll have gates that are four million dollars that's true so that's a lot of money that they money. can money. So they probably a lot of times make just as much, if not more from the gates than they do from the TV. So yeah. plus the concession stands, t-shirt sales, especially, all that stuff. especially the fight nights, the ones that aren't pay-per-views. Like. Yeah. So Abu Dhabi, I'm sure you're going to get some ballers that go out there. You know, if they do live events, you know, when they have an arena set up or whatever, but the average Joe ain't going to Abu Dhabi to watch a UFC fight. That I agree with. So I'm sure they'll have some crazy cars there if they have like an exclusive, like it'll be like a celebrity only type of thing where almost like a, uh, a Madison Square Garden, like Mayweather versus Pacquiao. Yeah. Mayweather versus McGregor. where like the front row seats are $9 million. Yeah. Like some shit like that. They could do that out there because it's a, such an exclusive event. But right now, I think that's the best thing because, again, they started building this when they didn't know what this pandemic was going to pan out to be. And they're such extreme businessmen that they were like, we need to fix this bleeding thing right now. And they didn't do it by cutting costs. They did it by expanding. 
and being like, no, no, we have to put on fights. What's the best place to do it? Place that doesn't give a fuck about rules. Okay, go there. What do we, how do we do it? They don't have an arena. Well, we're going to fucking build one. Well, there's no real estate. We'll make more. Well, there's no more. We'll build an island. Okay. We'll, I still can't get over it. We'll build an island. Yeah. Whose solution is we will build our own island? The UFC. And that's why they run it. That's why. Only ones. I like it. I like it. I'm excited. I hope it's real. Mm-hmm. I know Fight Island's real, but I hope it's that. All right, last but not least, fighter negotiations. Okay. What do you got? So this kind of loosely ties into some of the previous things on this list. Yes. We have a bunch of fighters now who are talking about their contracts and they want to negotiate for more money and all this stuff. And Jorge Masvidal had brought up, like, the NFL and how other uh, organizations pay, you know, the – the amount of money that is gross that goes back towards the fight towards the players or the the athletes is more ratio wise yeah. than what the UFC gives back and it's a weird thing because boxing fighting in general is set up a little differently than other sports because there's no season because there's no teams um you're dealing with independent contractors that's basically what they are yeah so Dana White had commented saying, like, you can't compare us to an NFL team because you're an independent contractor. Like, you can say whatever you want. If you're part of the NFL and you're like, fuck you, I want more money, they're like, you can get your shit and leave because that's your contract. Yeah. Unless you are, like, so irreplaceable, I don't think they let you renegotiate your shit. Right? I, I mean, am that's I wrong? Kind of, that's kind of the point of contracts. But didn't McGregor end up doing that? Um, well, here's the thing. And this is – I want to get your take on this because I'm not sure how I feel about it. My knee-jerk reaction is, is to say um, that's what you shook hands doing. Yeah. Right? So if you are an athlete that plays for a team, right, and you have – it's your second year and you're, you're, you're a rising star. And they come up to you and they say, listen, we'll give you a 10-year contract, $100 million. Or we'll give you a one-year contract for $20 million. What one do you take? I mean, it would depend. There would be a lot of variables in there. But I would probably take the one-year contract. Okay, right. So 10 years, $100 million is $10 million a year. Yes double that per year but what if you get injured as long as i get paid out i'm i have a see my problem with this is i don't have a lot of sympathy for the top tier guys i care more about the the guys who are just getting into it and the guys so lower the cost say a hundred thousand versus twenty thousand okay so that that i can follow follow suit with because that i can follow suit with then i would kind of be forced into doing the hundred thousand so you're gonna pick it. You say say it's a okay. Say it's a million. So it's a hundred grand a year. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Over ten years. Yes. Or you get two hundred grand a year for this year alone. It's double what you would make per year, but it's only a one year contract. I would, I would think it through more than just what I'm doing right this second. But I would go with the hundred thousand for ten years. Okay. So now security. Yes. So now, say next year you blow up. And you become this massive star. They got you for a hundred grand a year. They do. Are you going to think that that's fair? 
I probably would not. So, but say you fell off. Say you're doing shitty and, and you couldn't win a fight for love of anything or win a game for love of anything. How would your outlook on it be then? Like, dude, I'm glad I signed that 10-year thing because I fucking, like, I shouldn't be getting paid. I'm not I'm fucking losing every game. Yeah, so I guess there is a give and take to it in that regard because if you suck or if you get injured, then it has that little security net. If you blow up, then you're kind of withheld to your own yeah. stupidity. So I probably, now that I'm thinking about it, I probably would be against having that long of a contract. But don't forget that this is their big ticket things right here and there and like doing these events but if someone becomes a top tier guy this isn't going to be their main their only source of income when these fighters get to a position where they start making millions all of a sudden the doors open when you have money it becomes substantially easier to make money yes so just even if it's just endorsements and i say that not easily but even if you're just making endorsements because you are conor mcgregor you are a household name and you are super respected because you don't hit old men in bars which i'm still mad about <sighs> then you're going to be making a shit ton of money off of that so i i mean do, would i think it's fair if i had a huge ass name and i'm still making what i'm making when i was a nobody probably not but life sucks yeah that's what i'm that's what i'm saying like if you you're basically banking on yourself, right? Yeah. Like Michael Jordan only signed one-year contracts because he was like, I believe in my thing, myself. I know what I'm worth. And as long as I stay injury-free, taking a risk, staying injury-free. But they're not. he's like thinking, they're not going to cut me if I get injured unless it's a career-ending injury. Yeah, that'd be different. But basically, I can renegotiate my contract every year and get more money. Yeah. Now – Say you're a fighter or an athlete where you're like, I'm not really that big of a popular name, and I, I don't really know how to get there. I don't. You're just kind of like happy to be on the team yeah. or like excited to be there. And they come up to you because this is, you know, it's a business, and they try to get you. If they think you're going to blow up, they're going to try to lock you in for a couple years. And the thing with fighting is it's usually they don't do by years. They do by fights. Okay. So they'll lock you in for a three or five or nine fight contract. Okay, that makes sense. So if you get locked in for a three fight contract, here's where it gets tricky. So you get locked in for three fights and you want more money. You want more money. You want more money. And you only got one fight left on your contract. It's like, well, if you go fight that one fight, you can renegotiate. Your contract's up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, it's kind of... What they really need, and I hate to say what they need is someone to be able to explain this to them early on. Because especially mm. when fighters first start, they're kids. Uh, the vast majority of them come out and they're of... they're not businessmen a lot of the time. They're, they're not businessmen. There's a reason that they get into fighting. I'm not trying to make anyone sound stupid. Um, but they're not there and they they've had this problem in the nfl as well guys are making millions of dollars and all of a sudden they blow it they blow it they need people to sit them down and say hey and it needs to be bipartisan um someone who is financially like there is not on the side of the ufc it is on the side of the fighter but so it's it, the managers for technically that is what the managers for but not all managers who who if you're a new fighter 
and you're barely making ends meet and Dana White sees a little prospect in you, mm. but you're not even like quite really making your gym membership. And he says, I'm going to give you a hundred thousand dollars for the next 10 years or next 10 fights. You're not going to have a manager next to you saying, I know how to do like, I know all about this. Yeah. Like there has to be someone who's independent or if they do have someone great, if they don't, someone who is independent who can sit them down and explain to them this is the pros these are the cons this is the risk you're taking understand this don't sign it now walk away think on it sleep on it if you have questions come ask me yeah they need someone intelligent to sit yeah them they down. do i agree so but what is your what is your take on fighter because they are independent contractors they can say whatever the fuck they want yeah they can oh, say yeah. they can say yeah. crazy shit but like Jorge Masvidal, he's a huge star now. He's probably still under his old contract, if I'm not mistaken, which is why he wants more money. Do you think that the UFC should basically say to every person who is under a contract and then becomes a big star, like, you're a big star now, we're going to give you more money? See, that's the part where it's crazy because then does that mean that you can underpay a guy that was going to be a big star but is not anymore? See, I have a lot of different problems with that. First and foremost, again, like I said, I have problems with the, the – high tier guys mm. making more money not that i don't think that they deserve it but i just can't sympathize when people are talking in the seven digit range like i i, I, get I see it. what i see what you're saying i get it but you're looking at it from a like you're taken care of for life so what's the want yeah seriously if you made five million dollars today for one fight if you made that granted life is different for everybody but if you made five million dollars a day you could pay yourself $100,000 a yeah, yeah, year yeah, yeah. for the next 50 years. I, yeah. And it, it's just it's just that's that's where I stopped like caring about that. But let me let me pose this question to you since you brought that title. Riddle me this. Yeah, let me pose that question before you before you make your next point. Okay. If you work for a company and they paid you $5 million a year cuz that's what you were worth. Okay. And then after that like, say you made the company $100 million a year and they paid you $5 million. Okay. But then after that, you started making the company $100 million a year. Do you think you deserve a raise? I probably would, but it would still be within whatever the contract was. Say you made him a billion dollars a year. Would you feel slighted by being like, hey, listen, you're paying me $5 million because I was making you $100 million. Now I'm making you a billion and you're only still giving me $5 million. Like I'm making you 10 times what you were paying me to make you. Yeah. Oh no, I agree. Yeah. It's a percentage. It's, it's a worth. What are you worth? Yeah. And that's, I'm just saying it's a fair point it, to make. No, a hundred percent is a fair point. That's why I kind of said, it's not that I don't think it's justified. I have a hard time sympathizing. I see what you're saying. So it's okay. not that I don't think Masvidal is going to be worth whatever he thinks he's worth. It's just that you don't want to like, hear the complaining about it too much. Exactly. Exactly. Like okay. I, it's I almost don't care. Like the woe is me. You don't want yeah, to hear. It, like it, that's the aspect where you're like, listen, you're not hurting that bad. Relax. Exactly. I do get it. Maybe Dana White is taking too much of the purse. Maybe he's pocketing too, too much. It is his business. That's his right too. It's an, that's the whole point of a negotiation. But I get it. Um, my other point was that it becomes a problem uh, with your business thing was spot on, right? If I'm making a company $100 million a year and they give me $5 million, great. All of a sudden, I'm making them a billion dollars. 
through one of my products. I designed a new app for them and that has increased the revenue tenfold. Now I can directly associate my worth versus their income. With fighters, it's a little bit different. Granted, if you're headlining a fight, you can keep track of who, how many viewers there are and all that other stuff, but it's a lot harder to quantify popularity than it is direct monetary value. It is, but they have a really decent ways of figuring that out. Okay. They do. They actually do. Okay. So like, I didn't know that. Yeah. Like if they put a guy on a card and it's like, all right, this guy has never been on a card. That's bad. We'll put him on a card by himself. Card still does good. Okay. So they have ways of being like, Hey, John Jones headlined a card. It did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Conor McGregor's on a card. Don't even have to look at the numbers. You know, they're going to be good. Yeah, yeah. You don't even have to look. I mean, there are people who, the abstract of it is probably a little bit easier than the actual pinpointing. It's yeah. kind of my point. Like yes. if I know I'm five million, I'm I netted the company a hundred million, and then they make a billion. It's more if de facto. Yes, it's more pinpoint in that example. I y agree with. Yeah, you. but the fighters might not see that. They might be like, "Well, I'm the best," especially because they are supposed to have. This of course, problem. they have big egos. They're they're cage fighters. Yeah. But the last thing I want to ask you, Shoot. and this is where we're going to end. So. At what point, if say they're in negotiations, you're on a five-fight contract, you have three fights left on your contract, and you're saying, I'm a huge star now. I'm the third most popular fighter in the world. I deserve more money. And the UFC's like, no. And you're like, well, then I'm not fighting again until you give me more money. Say that guy has a championship. How long do you wait? How long do you let that guy hold up the division and turn down fights? Because it's in the UFC contract. I believe it's a staple in most UFC contracts. They offer you a fight, you can you get one pass. According to your contract, I'm sure those guys that get carte blanche with, I don't want to fight yeah. him, I don't want to fight him. But you get one pass. The next fight that they offer you, you have to take it or they can let you go. I mean... How many, how many contenders have to just keep beating the shit out of each other and see guys get the title shot, they've needed it, they've deserved it, but the one guy doesn't want to give it to him because he wants more money. And now you have to fight somebody else. And just like Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje, now Tony Ferguson yeah. lost. Yeah. I'm not saying this is what that was Yeah, what that was, was going for a on. different reason, but it. Now that guy loses his title shot. Yeah, see, that's a different aspect to it, too. Yeah. See, I don't know how to feel about it. I ask you, I propose to you the question. I think I would take that circumstance by circumstance, especially because there's only a few people that actually hold titles at any given moment. Granted, yeah. they're probably the ones who are going to be complaining. I th yes, I think they're just I think they're a little worried about openly admitting because the UFC gives discretionary bonuses all the time where that's in, in the background. They'll be like, hey, your contract was for 200 grand. Here's another eight hundred thousand dollars because you're fucking whatever. It might not be what they want, but it's a discretionary bonus and they don't have to disclose those. But if you open up publicly and say it's OK and you will win if you hold out long enough to renegotiate your contract now everybody's doing it exactly if you give an inch they'll take a foot yeah so if they give in the hospital and give them a uh, pay bump a john jones is gonna freak the fuck out yes he might actually murder somebody yeah <laughs> b everyone there's no reason anyone else wouldn't do it why would you not hold out for more money if that is going to be the answer so they can't it's almost like they can't yeah they can't it's like i guess the answer is like stocks and bonds do you want to put it in stocks and and try to win big, or do you want to go the safe route? I wonder. And go bonds. 
I want bonds are fucking stupid. All right. Well, then you're a one-year guy. You're I, a one-year contract guy. I found a bond. My brother found a bond in my parents' house that was for me. Got it when I was like six months old. Uh-huh. It was a $50 bond. Yeah. I looked it up. It's worth $75. Okay. I'm 32 years old. Yeah. It took 32 years for $50. Was that like 83 cents a year? So I guess. Worth it. So worth it. <laughs> Haven't even taken it to the bank yet because I don't even care. <laughs> Out of spite, I'm not cashing it. That's how bond people make their money. We don't mm. cash back. <laughs> See, if, when you had 50 bucks, it's not that much. If you had 500,000. Dude, I don't even know if that's worth the rate of inflation. Probably not. Probably not. Oh, now I'm all sorts of mad. All right, let's end it now before you go on a rant because we're already running towards the 30-minute mark, and I'm sure we only have about one person listening at this point. So let's wrap it up. Business as usual. All right, guys, let us know what you think of all the stories in the comments down below. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Let us know what you think of Fight Island. Is it really going to be like Jurassic Park? Also, is Masvidal a giant bitch, or is he actually the badass motherfucker that he claims to be? I don't know. For the record, he's a badass motherfucker. He said it, Masvidal, not me. He said it. I'll take you any day of the week. That's like lunch or something. Okay. We'll catch you guys next time. (laughs) You're listening to Bro Down Podcast all fucking day.